This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, welcome into the Sync Truth Podcast. Alongside Mike Evans, I am Mark Schler. Thank you so much for uh, downloading, for uh, liking, for sharing, for doing all the things that you do. We appreciate that, Mike. And all right, it's been a, a little bit of time since we last uh, jumped on the podcast. Uh, the, the NFL schedule release came out. I mean... How, how how locked in are you on the schedule? Release? Oh, I love it. I, I love it. It's another event that we get during the course of the offseason. I always joke that the NFL is a 365-day-a-year beast that needs to mm-hmm. be fed, and the, the schedule is one of those events that come along that just keeps us going. And I think everybody, when they get the, their team's schedule, they, they always look for a couple things. What do you look for? You know, it's the player in me used to always, as a player, I would always look for, okay, when's our bye week? And normally for me, you know, everybody else is going to Vegas for four days. I'm having surgery. So when's our <laughs> bye week? Um, and then I was always like the, 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 the matchups that I thought were, were tough, like the divisional matchups. Um, like back in my day, the Chargers were not very good, but their defense was just their defense with Jamal Williams and John Perella and Junior Seau and Kirk Gavea and Rodney Harrison. They just had they just had a pretty stellar defense, and it was a tough matchup for us um, in my time in in Denver. Like where we could always run it for 150 yards, of, you know, we always getting 150 yards rushing every game, and it was just like a clockwork. Except it was everything we'd do to bust 100 against the Chargers. They were just that good up front. So um, I would always look at those things. I think as an analyst, now I look for great matchups, great quarterbacking matchups. Like when is it? Like do you have a three game stretch that's tough? Do you have a, you know, a three games in? 11 days or what, you know, you get those over Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff. Always look for those schedules. And then I think one of the big things to me is because of the way the NFL works now in the preseason or because the the way the NFL doesn't work in the preseason, maybe is a better way to phrase that. I always kind of look at what's your open look like. Do you have kind of a soft open? Do you have an open where you can jump out to a, you know, 2-0 record? Because I think it's big. I think that part is – where a lot of teams use the the you know first month of the season now is kind of an extended preseason. Can you come out hot early and and get a jump on the competition? Yeah. How about you? Well, since we've been doing the radio show for a long time, and and now you're doing your Fox games, uh, the first thing I always look at is what games do the Denver Broncos have. That are Fox games that you could end up calling, right? So we could have fun with you calling a Broncos game. But other than that, yeah, I think as a fan, the fan in me, I look, I look at bye weeks. Um, I, I look at, I look at prime time games. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know what the schedule makers think of my team right. as a national draw. Like uh-huh. for example, here in Denver, last year with the emergence of Russell Wilson, they were on TV a bunch. Well, that turned out to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so the thought was, hey, maybe. 
they used up whatever goodwill they had, and the NFL was going to say, no, 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 yeah. prime time. But they ended up getting quite a few prime time games. So I don't know if that's... I think they have four of them. I think, is, is that the idea that Russell Wilson's kind of like a, uh, a car wreck that you can't avoid looking at when right, you pass? Right. Or is it the Sean Payton effect? I think the thing that you like about me calling Broncos games is we do <laughs> a deal. We do a phrase that pays. Yep. So through our through our radio show, we always come up with a bunch of stuff that, that I unleash on the broadcast. Yes. And the game is I have to seamlessly put it in so it makes it makes sense from a context standpoint. It makes sense. And that the the national audience wouldn't go, hmm, wh- why would he say that? That's kind of weird, right, right? Right. And so, but it's our little game. And we've had, over the years, man, we have had... We've had some fun. So your two best performances uh, when it comes to getting the phrase that pays in is actually games that you had phrases to get in. So in, in my humble opinion, there's two that stand out. Uh, One, you had a broadcast where you tried to work in as many lyrics from 80 shows, 80 songs, yes, into your commentary. Right. And I think you worked in like half a dozen. Didn't yeah, you? I worked in seven or eight. Yeah. So, (laughs) like, yeah, off the top of my head. So there was a, so we had had snow in the morning. I was doing a, we were doing a game. uh, Gosh, what was it? The Ram? I don't know who who the team was. We're doing a game. No, it was Washington. It was the Washington. It was Halloween, I think. Yeah, the Commanders versus versus the Broncos, and. um, and so I worked in as many 80s, like I'm a big 80s, you know, alternative music guy. So it had snowed in the morning, if you remember. And then it was like kickoff. It was like sunny in 55 or 58 degrees. And I said, well, that's, you know, life in a northern town, snow in the morning, which is from Dream Academy, right? Life in a northern town is a song from Dream Academy. So um, then we ended up, uh, I remember uh, at the time, the quarterback was... Uh, Heineke, and he comes in, and it's a it's a tight game, which all the Broncos games are tight. Well, because offensively they can't score, so it's like a sixteen to thirteen game or some crap like that. And Heineke gets the ball and has a chance to drive in the last second. And I went from uh, uh, psychedelic furs. I go, well, you can never win or lose if you don't run the race, you know. And so it just like that, like all the all the phrases. Oh, I, I remember uh, another one we put in there was. Um, and these are all just kind of off the top of my head. Uh, we were doing kind of lineups early, and it was the two wide receivers, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, both six foot five, you know, or both six foot four, full of muscles. And, you know, just just stupid <laughs> but you, but stuff. You, but you do such a good job. And we, the radio listeners, are like, yes, he did it. Yeah, he, he got another it, one. You know? And then the rest of the audience or the people in your truck are probably like, Okay, that's kind of a curious phrase, but uh, it's Mark being Mark. You know? Right. But the best one, the best one was this past year. So Russell Wilson just being kooky. Russell Wilson right. has all these these sayings that have popped up from Let's Ride to It's Spicy. A lot of it was with the uh, Subway, Subway commercials. commercials. Yes, yes. You know, his sandwich, he's like, yeah. it's spicy. Mm-hmm. And here comes the airplane. Right. So you were charged with working in about five or six Russell comments. And the funny thing about it was at halftime, you hadn't done any yet. Yes. Take it from there. Yeah. So I hadn't done any yet. I was looking to see if I could find the 80s list of songs because I kept track of them. But (laughs) I can't find it. Um, So uh, I hadn't done any. And we get done with the first half of the game. 
and I'm I get a text from you, dude. <laughs> what, what 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 you know what's going on yeah. right right you haven't got any in i was like oh shoot totally space so then i had the second half to work them all in and um, it was a, a work of art it was a masterpiece yeah, it was it was so one of uh, one of them i remember is uh here comes here comes the airplane you know he's he, and so there was this long looping pass and it was just beautifully thrown right over the top and uh, on the replay, you know, you got this high-arcing play. Here comes the airplane. You know, just so stupid. So stupid. So but, uh, dumb. So if you ever, if you're not a Bronco fan, you don't listen to our radio show, which, by the way, you can listen to it anywhere you like. But uh, if ever Mark is calling a Broncos game, be listening. And if anything gets brought up that seems a little... Like, a little curious or... How does that exactly... That knows that's a phrase it pays. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, some other highlights from the, the schedule. We've got a Black Friday game now. Day after Thanksgiving, right. Black Friday is going to be the Jets and the Dolphins. And what's fascinating about this is this idea of a game right after Thanksgiving is so popular that a number of teams have put their hand up saying, we'd love to be a permanent participant in it we'd like to be the lions, the lions and Cowboys oh on wow Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. we'd like to be that kind of team for the black friday game so the black the black friday is the day after thanksgiving right it's the friday after yeah okay you know where the, the term black friday comes from yeah it's the idea that the companies are are in the black that day right for yeah i think for it's sales yeah i think it's the, the i think it's all the, red friday yeah that's all it's it's the day that you actually start making money right in retail i right. believe right? right so you've got from november 26 25th until the end of the year mm -hmm. through christmas to that's where you make all your profit i think that's i think that's yeah i think you I is that right. yeah did i just make that up or is uh, that no let's roll with that i may have read that I, no, somewhere i think you're i may have written I, it down I, I first and then i read it no, but I think, I, it's, think right. I think it's something like that yeah. so anyhow yeah the black friday i mean why wouldn't you want to be? Why would you not want to raise your only game on the only game in town? And if the Lions have gotten it all these years, then right. somebody, right? Would they have to give it to it? What's a crappy team that they could give it to, like the Lions? <laughs> well, the Lions weren't bad though when they gave it to them, right? Well, Were they? They've always kind of been the Lions. I think there was a time when the Lions had a. A good team. I hope it doesn't become a, a permanent team. I it, look the, the time for the Lions, especially, but even the Cowboys. The, the idea that they are just automatically gifted that game every single year for tradition. Enough's enough. Let, let's let's get some fresh blood in. I don't mind the tradition. Do you really? Yeah. You, really, knowing you're going to get a Lions game every. Sorry, Lions fans, but seriously, you that hasn't. And I know no. the Lions are expected to be better this year. They may even win the North, but come on, for a long time they've been the Lions, and we've been having to. I guess, I guess maybe it didn't, it didn't bother me because I didn't have to go play a bunch of Thanksgiving Day games. Like, right. I got to be home with my family, so I just know that's a Lions thing. So that's good because that reduces the chances of your, you having to play. Yeah, right. right. So thanks, And Thanksgiving was always fun. The Thanksgiving, because we come in, the way they operate practice is you come in at like, you know, you, I don't know, the first meeting starts at 5.30 or something instead of 7 or 7.30, whatever. You know, So you, you bump up the schedule. Everybody comes in at 5 a.m. and – and you, you have practice, and you're out the door by, like, noon. And then by that time, all the work is done. Right. Right? So you skate in all fat, just practiced and hungry, and then it's the poo-poo platter. 
You got the little pickles, you know, those little yeah, tiny oh, pickles, yeah, yeah, the yeah, little yeah, tiny yeah. corns. Oh, I don't know how they make the tiny corns. Those things. I don't know with how the, they do with that. The little onions, but yeah, little onions and little olives Dang. and the crackers oh, and yeah. cheese dips and oh. and it's all prepared. And yeah. then you just sit there and you just you start. I gotta food. be so careful because I, I I love the appetizers, you know, any holiday. I love the apps and I gotta yeah. be careful because it could spoil the main meal. Got to be careful of the apps. That's the key. Appetizer key. control. So I think that I think the player in me would just assume it be Detroit every year because yeah. then you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't have to play it. But yeah, I get what you're saying as a fan. You know, you want your team. You want to share the wealth. You want to share that day. That's a, it's an exciting time, and the NFL obviously owns that day. So that's big. Uh, the the international games. Yes. Ooh, yeah. We are. There's no doubt because I've always thought the NFL for all the, their power. And the fact that they're king in, in America, they must look at the rest of the world and, and with a certain amount of envy, the NBA, how they have such a global imprint, the NHL, Major League Baseball. And you can see that they view this as a really untapped market that they have yet to really be able to exploit. But here you go. You got London. You got Mexico. You got Germany. I know you'd love to yeah. get a Germany game, wouldn't you? Sure, I would love to go there. I'd love to go, go there. Go back to the you know, right. your, your your motherland, right? Right, that's right. I'd love to have a Germany game. That would be great. I, you know, I enjoyed doing the London game a few years ago. I got to do a London game. That was that was exciting. Um, yeah, I got to – well, back in my day, we played preseason games overseas, so it wasn't a regular season game, but um, it was kind of a pain in the ass. But you got, We've had games in Tokyo. Yeah. We've had games in Australia. Yeah. I've done a, I've done a game in Australia, a game in London, a game in Tokyo, a game in Mexico City, um, but not regular season. You know, the, the, the regular season thing – I mean, I know it's a grind on the teams and the players, but I will tell you this, man. I got to open up Tottenham, the, the new stadium in London, and um, – and so I got to call the first NFL game. Well, I think it was the first game ever played there. They opened it for, it was uh, Raiders-Vikings, I believe is the game I called. And, yeah, I think that's right. And um, and it was, I mean, it was phenomenal just driving to the stadium. And every team is represented. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the people in England, they'd love and like they'd love to celebrate. Maybe it's just an excuse to go get drunk. Maybe English are just a little bit woo, but they they seem to love it. And it, every team is represented. It was really it, the, the atmosphere was awesome. Well, Jacksonville is actually going to be playing two back to back games. Oh, they're going to stay gonna there. Be, they're going to stay there. Yeah, are we trending that way? Where Jacksonville becomes a a permanent London franchise? I. Th- I think that Shad Khan, their owner, would love to do that. I think that would be his. That would be like his big contribution to the National Football League expanding it globally. Which, and I think the league certainly wants to have that kind of global expansion. So, yeah, I don't. I, I could see that happening. The other thing to come out of all these schedules and TV announcements, we're going to have a playoff game that's only going to be available by streaming. A wild card weekend game mm-hmm. on Peacock that, in in some form or fashion, you'll you'll have to to pay for. How you feel about that? Um, we got a taste of it with Amazon, the Thursday night games. Right. A lot of so, people didn't. A lot of people didn't like the streaming aspect of Amazon. Um, and I think that because a lot of people have different apps open, and so then every time you kind of go off and come back, it, you know, you got the little spinny wheel. Um. I don't know what the AOL dial-up, yeah, well, whatever that spinny wheel is, it tells you, hey, 
can't quite get the signal, you know? So <laughs> that is the spinning wheel. Yeah. I think a lot of people got, like, were frustrated with that. I just am not that. Great grandfathers, you think, were, like, calling their grandsons. Well, I, I don't know how to get the game. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think there was a lot there of that. Was a lot of that. For me, personally, I'm not that bright, so I don't, I'm not doing two things at once. I can't really do it. So I just turn the game on. I just leave it on. Like, I'm, I don't feel the need to flip around and see what else is going on back to it right see what else is going on on the interwebs like i'm like i have a 16 year old son so it's already in their genetic dna about how to do all that stuff i've got a built-in it guy that's right you're like hey brady get in there fix this for me yeah why is this wheel spinning (laughs) are you but yeah i get it is this is this a boy is this one of those things that it's the proverbial the genie's out of the bottle once you start Paying or charging fans, and oh. in some fa- form or fashion, they, no. they are paying to watch football. Mark, am I out of bounds in saying that within 20 years, the Super Bowl could be pay-per-view? No, I don't think you're out of bounds. I mean, I think, I think the way all these streaming platforms and streaming networks and everything, I mean, eventually, eventually, you know, they'll all kind of consolidate into one or two streaming things, I, I believe. Um, but eventually, doesn't it feel like television in general is going to go all pay-per-view? Like all, like you just got to pick your streaming network and, and they're going to produce content. But I'm, I'm, I'm advancing something here that for some people it's like, no, you're telling me that Mm -hmm. football games that I've basically been able to watch for free my entire life. I mean, is that, is that the kind of move that. You know, we always talk about the NFL as the golden goose. It just keeps laying golden mm-hmm. eggs. Mm-hmm. Is that the one move? If you think about the moves that could perhaps kill the golden goose, is that the move? Or is the NFL so freaking just coated in Teflon, nothing sticks to them, that they could even make the playoffs something you have to pay for? Right. And people gladly say, here you go. Well, I've always, I've always said, like, my generation – my generation of NFL players grew up watching the NFL on television. So there was a sense of history. There was a sense of understanding of, of how we got to this point, right? We watched the league growing up. I, I, I travel around the NFL now, and I would say, and, and this is not a criticism, I would say that the majority of the kids that are playing NFL football right now don't have a historical sense of the league. They grew up being fans of the NFL through Madden football, through the video game. And I've always said that the game more resembles Madden football than it does, you know, what I grew up playing. Like that, the rules are all bent toward, come on, you play – you go play Madden football, and it's all an offensive scoring. Like, it's all about scoring, right? So the game the game resembles that a lot more than it resembles the game that I grew up with. You know, it's throwing it on every down, It's and it continues to morph into that, which is fine. It's the way it, it, it goes. But I would just say follow the trend. And if the trend is the younger generation who are going to be your next group of fans are all used to – like they've cut cable, right? They're all going. I'm buying this YouTube package and this package over here and this thing over here, and 
And that's the way I, I consume content and I consume it on my phone is, is where I consume majority of my content, then you'd be foolish not to follow that trend, I suppose, if that's if that's the group of people who are watching you. Sure seems like we're going that way. Uh, speaking of TV, one last TV uh, topic, Matt Ryan going mm. into the TV booth, going to be joining CBS, although he didn't officially announce his retirement yet. So could go Jay Cutler on him. Right. Jay Cutler had a deal with Fox to, to go into the booth, and then Miami came calling and paid him $10 million bucks a year or whatever it was to go play quarterback for him, and so he left and went back to playing quarterback. Can Matt Ryan still play? Matt Ryan can still play, but Matt Matt Ryan, I just I mean he, he just took another beating. Um, like Matt Ryan is he's always been limited from the skill set of escapability and, and and getting yourself out of harm's way, and I think that was you know fairly apparent last year as well. So could he still play? Absolutely. Um, is he as effective as he once was? No, and and you know, and kind of just another year more beat up. Twenty eight to three. Twenty eight to three in the you, Super Bowl. I mean, just think about think about if they don't blow it. Think about how fortunes change. Right. Matt Ryan's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, probably a Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn is a Super Bowl winning coach. Arthur Blank is a Super Bowl owner. The Falcons are Super Bowl champs. How, how does everything change after that if 28 to 3 doesn't happen? Yeah, think about Think about that. Think about what happened that day and how it changed fortunes. Yeah, it just changed the trajectory of of careers of Dan Camp or excuse me, Dan uh, Quinn's career uh, of Matt Ryan's career like you're 100% right. It would have just been a completely I mean, you never know, right? But my goodness, those are games like you get a chance. Like you were, you were, we were joking about how the NFL Network showed your guys Broncos Super Bowl thirty two win uh-huh. was on last night, and you watched some of it. But like when I watch a replay of that Super Bowl and the Falcons are up twenty eight to three, even knowing the result, I'm sitting there going, "There's no way they lose this." Right? Do you realize? And I'm sorry, Atlanta fan. I'm sure this is really painful to, to relive, but all the things that had to happen, gosh, for New England to get back into that game, mm-hmm. that if it's just one one thing here or there, it changes everything. Yeah, it had to be a perfect, you know, confluence of events. Yeah, all the way up to little things like formational lineups. Like how you get into a formation, and so Explain. I've never heard this one. Okay, before. so there, there's a play. It's one of Dante uh, Hightower's uh, sacks. Sack, yeah, it was it was a sack fumble, whatever it was. But so if you're in like if you're in near or far, so think about it, you're in a two back offense, right? And so you have a tailback, QB tailback. You know if if you're if you're strong, if your fullback is strong, kind of two yards, two and a half yards deep, right on the on the strong side, that's you know that's strong, right? Strong. Like if it's on the right, it'd be strong, right? If it flipped over, it's it's weak, right? So 
you want to get that fullback out in the flat a little quicker. So you take and cheat that position from two and a half, three yards deep, whatever, kind of behind the offensive tackle to cut him out on the outside shoulder, same depth, but the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle. Now I can hit that flat a little quicker, right? All of a sudden, you're responsible, though, for that blitzer. Sudden that blitzer comes inside hard and you can't get to him. So you put a formation together to take advantage of something See, yep. to get you to get a outside leverage on that on that potential linebacker where you really like that, and all of a sudden they bring a blitz and he's still your responsibility. So all of a sudden, just changing that formation by two yards creates a sack and a big play for the defense. That allows. I can't remember exactly what the situation was. I think they. I think it might have been a fumble, um, a turnover. Back. Who was the running back? Was it uh, Freeman? Uh, um, it, it was either Freeman or maybe uh, uh, Col. Uh, was it Coleman? Um, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, no. Tevin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever. Who does, yeah. It, it, does, it doesn't but really it, matter. But right. you just the way the formation. Hightower blitz through. Right. The way the formation worked is I. I and again, I'm just doing this off of memory. But it was something that I had, I remember noting to myself, like if that guy's in a normal formation, he picks that, whoever the back was, he picks that up. So was that a, a conscious decision by, in this case, the Patriots defense? They saw the alignment? Probably. Pro- decided, it was probably an adjustment. Like if, yeah. we get, if we get this again, they're yeah. just trying to get a release on us. Right. Let's bring heat, especially if that back has got that. Because one of the things you always try to do as a defense is you try to attack protections. So you get to the point where you're like, okay, how are they protecting this? So you know, we'll put them in a position to make them that to, to like to make the quarterback re-identify the mic. So you know how quarterbacks are always up and go, fifty-four is the mic. No, 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 fifty-two is the mic. Fifty-two is the mic. All right, boom, we've identified who the mic is. So now you're saying basically we're going to protect that mic. So what you end up doing is trying to bring you know trying to bring a blitzer from the other side, or you, you try to attack protection. Um, and, and there's a million ways to attack. If you're getting a lot of turn weak, right, do we bring extra guys strong? If we're getting a lot of turn strong, do we? So all these different ways to attack protection. And, you know, a lot of times you'll look at something and say, okay, when they were in this formation, they were just trying to get a free release here. Let's see if we can bring heat there and get to them before they can make that throw. So and this goes now to something that we all watch on NFL Sundays, Saturdays, Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays. Uh-huh. They're just taking over the world, the NFL. But the idea is that, well, no, why, why is it that, you know, for 58 minutes of a game, you play this all-out attacking defense, but then you go into a prevent? Why yeah. didn't you continue to play the way you played in building the lead? In the case of that Super Bowl, you had an Atlanta team that had been a juggernaut on offense all uh-huh. year long. And what they were doing right to the end is kind of playing their style. Right. That works so well for them, but yet, in with the benefit of hindsight, they were criticized for not becoming more yeah. Yeah, guarded, right. more conservative, more... So how do you find that balance between, hey, this is what got us here, right. versus, hey, let's change what got us here because we're trying right. to win a uh, win a game. Yeah, it comes down to, you know, it really comes down to your head coach and, and time management and clock management and game management, really what it comes down to. When you get to a prevent defense, what you're basically saying is we're going to give up yards underneath. 
We're going to make sure we protect the edges, right? We're going to our corners are going to get outside, outside leverage. They're going to be outside what we call the red line, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that we have outside leverage, force you inside. You're not getting outside of us. You're not getting outside of us down the sideline. We're going to jam you, make sure we get you back inside to where our safeties and our bodies are. And what we're doing is we're exchanging time on the clock for yardage. So we're going to give you that underneath throw for eight yards, but what we're going to do is eat up, you know, we're going to eat chunks of 25, 30 seconds, right? And mm-hmm. so we're saying, if you're going to get down the football field, we're going to give you that opportunity to get down the football field, but you're going to run out of time before you can run up the score. Yeah, but we're so, also giving you a chance to get into a rhythm that you haven't been in all day. And, yeah, and that's the that's the calculated risk. Other than, hey, man, all of a sudden we, we bring that blitz we brought three times, and you guys hit that slant, and boom, you go 80 yards because right. there's nobody there. So it's kind of that 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 risk-reward aspect of it. And what then, does the player in you think is the best way to do it? The, the player in me always wants to be aggressive, but this is why understanding how to run the ball, like there's an aggressiveness to that. Like I always say that really understanding how to run the ball is – you have to be able to run the ball in a situation in which everybody knows, the other team knows, the coaches know, the players know, your fans know. This is what we have to do. And that's where it always drives me crazy when I hear guys and analysts and, and coaches say, well, you know, we had an eight-man box and we're not going to ram our – baloney. <laughs> like every box is an eight-man box or a nine-man box in the red zone. So do you know how to run the ball when everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the ball? Do you know how to convert on on second down and short, third down and short? Do you know how to run the ball in the red zone? Do you know how to run the ball in short yardage and goal line? And, and, the, and it's different because a good run in short yardage and goal line might be two yards. Mm-hmm. That might be like a seven-yard gain in regular down and distance or a six-yard gain. So – you know, when I consult with teams, I always talk about the mindset of running the ball. You know, one of the issues, I had this conversation with a coach, you know, a, a head coach in the league that that hired me to be a consultant, hired me to consult, and just wanted to understand the run game a little bit better and wanted to understand the outside zone. Um, and and so the, the conversation started like this. Um, like we were just having the conversation, and I said uh, – he goes, okay, you know, I, I had you on here or I, I brought you in here because I wanted to talk to you about, like, running the ball. I really want to get better at the zone. I really want to get better at running the ball. And I said, and this is exactly how the conversation went. I go, do you? He goes, yeah, I really, you know, I'm really thinking about that. I go, but do you really want to run the ball? He goes, yeah, that's why I have you in here. I want to, I want to get uh, – and, and he goes back through the whole litany again, and, I, and he goes, but I really want to get better at this, and I, and I think we need to you know, really, really hone our wide zone and stuff. I go, but do you? <laughs> and he's like, yes. And he goes, yes, that's why I have you here. And I go – I said, let me tell you – this is exactly how I said it to you. I go, let me tell you what I hate about you. And he goes <laughs> – and he's just like, okay, here we go. I go – why is it that you'll run the ball three or four times and you'll get two yards of carry and you'll throw your hands up in the air and go, screw it, we can't run the ball? I go, but you'll throw seven incompletions in a row and not even think twice about it. I go, that's your problem. You can't wait to give up on the yeah. run game. Yeah. You can't wait to quit yeah. on it. Yeah. You can't. You, you, you are just go. I hope it doesn't work. I hope it doesn't work. I hope it doesn't work. I hope it because I want to throw it. I want to throw it. I want to throw it. I, 
I go, that's your issue. And until you over, until you change, you have to change the parameters or change the equation of what actually constitutes as a good run. So most guys in the NFL are like, most coaches are like, if we're not getting five yards of carry, right. then whoa, it's not. To where I grew up in a system where, man, we would applaud a three-yard run as long as someone was picking them up themselves off the ground, kind of licking their wounds, right? That those three-yard nasty, just physical, dominant type of runs. Boy, I tell you what, you lean on people enough like that, they they eventually wave the white flag, and that's that's the mentality of running the football. What did the coach say? He just laughed. He goes, "All right, you already got me." He's like, "You, like, and you, by the way, you and, got me." And this anonymous coach isn't alone. I mean, there, no, there are a lot of coaches around the NFL oh. who can't wait to give up on the running game. Yeah, they They'll can't. spend all week talking about how we got to run the ball, got to run the ball, right. run the and oh, can't, can't run the ball. Yeah, oh. can't wait. Oh well, that didn't work. What's a coach to do? <laughs> right, I gave him three opportunities. It didn't work. We got to go. We got to. So anyhow, it just is. It, it again, it goes to just the way you kind of operate and, and the mentality you have. Good stuff. All right. Hey, for everybody involved in the Sync Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much, and we'll be back with you later on in the week.